Welcome to the first episode of Safe Room, a horror video game podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, and today I'm joined by Dead Pixels editor, Neil Bolt, to chat all things Resident Evil in honor of this pivotal survival horror franchise's 25th anniversary. We chat about our history with Resident Evil, what the series means to us, and share one of our favorite entries amongst other undead tangents that surely arose. So, without further ado, enjoy the first episode of Safe Room. Neil, thanks for joining me today. Delighted to be here, kicking off this new fantastic voyage. I've been looking forward to it all week, and uh, I'm really excited to kind of dig into what has been like a lifelong love of Resident Evil, right? It's this series for me that has really been around my entire life that I've been playing games to a certain extent, right? I mean, whether Mm. it was my first introduction to the franchise, whether it was me maybe kind of stepping away from games for a little bit, but still being conscious of Resident Evil and whether it be the movies or hearing about kind of these crazy developments in terms of the types of gameplay that Resident Evil was tackling in the time when I was away, like for a period I was not playing games. And then when I came back, I heard, oh, there was a light gun game. There was a (laughs) multiplayer Resident Evil. These concepts that blew my mind in terms of like my understanding of what Resident Evil was. And yet, by the time I came back to Resident Evil, it felt very different, but it still kind of clicked all the, or it checked all the boxes for me in terms of what a Resident Evil game is, and really what Resident Evil means for me, and for kind of just the genre as a whole, and how it kind of is its own genre starter in a lot of ways for video games. Yeah, it's it's very much, for people of certain ages, tied up in everything um, in terms of burgeoning love of horror. Especially for me, you know, I think around the time that zombies were a thing I was really getting into, these games came along and they pretty much fed into that cycle of, wow, I love that it was just came at the right time. You know, we've discussed Romero on your podcast before and uh, I said then that it was that time of sort of understanding and loving zombies. And this was a series that came along and I think not with the first one so much because I didn't really get the chance to play it. First, you know, I, I got to see it around a friend's. Uh, he had rented it uh, off his PlayStation. Uh, at that point, I was like, I was not. He he had enough money to be getting a PlayStation at that point. Let's put it that way. So, and yeah, so he rented it and saw that, that very cheesy opening cutscene thing. Which yeah, even as cheesy as it is, it's still like, ooh, okay, this has got a bit of a Night of the Living Dead vibe to it. I like this and like especially the Savini one. <laughs> he got as far as the um, first zombie and died from that because, you know, that kind of game, like, how the, what do you do? And it's like, <laughs> with the manuals and everything else, it was like, not quite sure. And he didn't want to play it again after that. So he was... <laughs> so I never saw anything of that game again for a while. So it wasn't really till Resident Evil 2 where I picked up a guided magazine. You know, they used to do magazines where you could just sort of a screen by screen basis of this is what happens here this is what you'll fight here etc and having just watched the, the first bunch of Romero stuff like that I was really into it and reading through this magazine obsessively before I'd even played the game you know the game's out mm. I still didn't have a Playstation so I didn't play it and it was just I was so obsessed with it by the time I got one later that year and got to play Resident Evil 2 finally. It was like I'd already played it in a lot of ways, but it was still such a magical experience to have it match up to what I, I thought it was in my head. You know, this big 
cinematic epic of a horror game that uh, just you know it just did everything for me. And so and then just the places it goes beyond there and oh, and it just swept me away. And that sort of first few years of Resident Evil were just like just delightful. You know? The word that you use to describe it is being cinematic, right? That's what stood out to me the most for my kind of like introduction to Resident Evil. I came to it fairly late. Like I came to it because uh, I was born in 92. And so I probably played the game in like 2000 or something or later than that even probably. And so I came to Resident Evil 2 first before and then sort of falling in love with that game and how cinematic it was and how it was so reminiscent of a lot of horror movies that I grew up watching and enjoying and tapping into those elements, whether it be obviously like the Romero movies and zombies and that, but also just horror movies in general and so to see a game really take what i love about horror movies and capture that primal fear and then of course apply it to a gameplay setting and then having these puzzles and having uh item management ammo management and all these different things it really was sort of like a love of all my interests at that age Mm. and i think that really like what sets resident evil apart for me in a lot of ways whether it's me fondly remembering the Uh, classic entries or even moving forwards and kind of like where the series is headed now seeing it really capture that cinematic feel and capture that sort of movie essence while still being very gameplay heavy and having the gameplay evolve over the course of all these years i mean the first time i played a horror game it was probably like zombies ate my neighbors when i was really little on uh on the snes and that's one of those games where i was like yeah, I recognize how this is horror influence, but I don't consider it really horror just because, you know, everything is sort of cartoonized in a certain way. But then when I kind of came upon Resident Evil, it blew me away because it was showing me all of the bits of horror movies that people like you and I love so much. Those elements where it's like, oh, the grisly zombie bites and gore and all these things. And then, of course, like getting to shoot zombie spiders with shotguns (laughs) and things of that nature. I mean, that's really what captured me with the original Resident Evils and then of course growing up and getting more of an appreciation for different types of sort of genre influences and things like that and seeing how Resident Evil after all these years has really been able to stay relevant without resting too heavily on the past and continually to evolve itself I mean it's why it's but it's why we're talking about and why it's such a big deal for this to be the 25th uh, anniversary this is it and going back to that filmic referencing uh, it's not even like uh, you know when you say that now about a game being cinematic you think of big budget blockbusters and very much uh, what Resident Evil 2 especially did was because of the time of when it was brought out you know, and the way graphics were still sort of learning how to make 3D games work and with that clunky control setup that it had it very much evoke the spirit not just of Romero's films but of Carpenter's films you know the, the, the whole again another thing that sort of clicked in place was having watched Assault on Precinct 13 and then having that whole police station section it was just like it just all Absolutely. worked out I, you know it just the two things clicked at the perfect time again and yeah it had that sort of scuzzy lo-fi movie feel to it that yeah, and that was the kind of thing I was into at that time. And it was, it's, you know, not the only game there in that time that sort of worked like that. But uh, I think later, Down They Cry, you know, which ended up being a spin off from that, from a failed Resi project. You know, again, I like a lot of what's in that. And now, even still, because it's 
feels like a very naff 80s blockbuster done on a budget you know it's mm. it's just all cheesy lines all style and no substance but it works perfectly yeah. and yeah it it's amazing what they did to sort of capture that and sort of utilizing you know what limitations they had uh, to really have that B movie feel if you will absolutely yeah and I think that in your mentioning sort of the clunky controls and I think that it's interesting you mentioning Assault on Precinct 13 and kind of how that film really captures the kind of claustrophobic innards of a police station very much Resident Evil 2 captures that and while a lot of people probably look back on the uh, original first three games and, and kind of complain about the tank controls and whatnot, there really was something to that back in the day in exploring these places. I mean, I don't know if you can relate to this, but like I didn't buy a ton of games back in the day. I would buy one game and that would be the game for the month or every couple of months or oh, something yeah. like that. And so really like in that, in that uh, supposed like clunky controls, I would be slowly exploring every single inch of these levels and of these different sort of parts to these games and that sort of restrained almost like speed in terms of kind of just how you can explore a place and really those tank controls again in conjunction with the uh, fly on the wall kind of camera perspectives of the first three games I mean that really does present this sort of cinematic landscape as if a director has and I mean they have obviously they are purposefully saying this is the best perspective to see this environment and yet getting to explore that from another director saying like this is the most pristine way to sort of explore this space I mean there really was something to that and now I think it makes sense why some I guess maybe hesitate to say like just modern gamers but when people go back and look at these older games they're like well this is restrictive because I almost want to be the director of my own story Mm. and I think that back in the day there really was something to being told this is the most pristine way to view this area or this section of a game and um not necessarily to say like we should revert back to that, but I think it's just interesting again talking about Resident Evil, how it's ever evolving yeah. in terms of its perspective, the types of gameplay, the types of stories it wants to tell, and that's something that I think Resident Evil has always really been uh, ahead of its time in, in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. I gotta say that's right. It's one of those series that just keeps going at the right time. You know, it's come close at times to sort of missing the point i think the whole xbox 360 ps3 generation was not the best time in terms of what they were going for they were following the wrong trends at that point i think capcom was struggling a lot with how to catch up a lot of japanese developers were at that time as well because you know western takes on things and western companies were leading the way you know microsoft had pretty much pushed online gaming forward and Japanese companies, Sony especially, were struggling to sort of keep up with that and what people were into. And as a result, so many franchises uh, not, not got dumbed down, so to speak, but they ended up being more action orientated because of that. You know, you, you think of Dead Space, which in the space of three games in a few years went from being the next iteration of Resident Evil to, you know, another action heavy a game with horror elements so good as it was it didn't work because they they pushed it too far from the only people who were buying it yeah it's trying to chase that second audience and yeah it's telling that you know Resident Evil is relevant again now because of going back to what made it so popular in the first place and it is that sort of 
nightmarish feel of not quite being in control. I mean, you were saying about the original's perspective uh, of the first few games, and that is a game where you are the actor and you know, being directed, and like many modern games, when you go to late ones, you switch roles effectively because you can control where the camera goes, you can control what you can see and can't see at all times. And I think the move to first person with recent games is sort of that compromise between the two because while you have more control you are never able to see as much uh, and it's the best of both worlds I think you could get out of it now. I think that that balance is so crucial right that balance between action and horror and making sure that if you kind of like move that needle too far into one camp over the other you can completely kind of undo maybe the goodwill that a whole decade of prior games has earned you in terms of like being the survival horror franchise all of a sudden you have something that almost doesn't resemble what you love so much about this franchise and that's really an interesting thing and i think that i would definitely agree with um, your assessment in terms of those that generation of resident evil games right they kind of saw what re4 did and then it seems as if the needle completely plunged into action and it almost becomes like a superhero movie in a certain extent granted four is the beginning of that but it is interesting that even with all these gameplay changes in terms of Resi over the years, right? You've gone from that fly-on-the-wall perspective to that third person over the shoulder, and then you've had obviously like a light gun iteration, an online iteration, and now we're back, and now we're heading to first person uh, further since Resident Evil 7. I mean, it's interesting to see sort of just that needle returning back to this sort of balance between action and horror. And just seeing them really kind of revert back to what makes this such a beloved franchise and uh, especially a survival horror one at that. So I'm kind of curious for you, what about Resident Evil really kind of stands out to you from other survival horror games still after all this time? I mean, how many times have we heard of a new franchise coming out and then all of a sudden you kind of just like forget it, it just becomes another game in that sort of genre. Whereas Resident Evil has had many iterations, but... Resident Evil has always been a part of like the mainstream conversation yeah. for all these years. When you compare, I mean, the big rival of its day was Silent Hill. You know, and Silent Hill was a very different game despite looking similar. It, it was based on psychological horror and pushing and thoughtful horror. And, and it's just not a knock on Resident Evil at all. It's more of an oppressive in-your-face kind of horror. Yeah, as much as it did hide things and prepare you for jump scares and things like that, uh, yeah, that used to be the stick that it got beaten with by people who preferred Silent Hill. Which is a case of like, oh, you know, they're just jump scares and so like then you know, we've discussed this many times. Not here, not just here, but everywhere else. But jump scares are fine; they can be great in the right hands. And Resident Evil and its use of perspective has always sort of done that well. I think in the earlier games, even up to Resident Evil 4, where you know they, you may have more control over the camera, but they worked more with the sound and not knowing, still not knowing where things are coming from, uh, especially when you get to the late bits with the Regenerators, uh, because they, you know, you hear them a lot of the time and not quite sure where they are still. But it puts you on that kind of edge that you still had back then when you couldn't quite see what was around the next corner because of a camera angle, and. Right. That's it's the anticipation always with Resident Evil. It's best is something is coming, something will be coming. You know it, 
it may be a jump scare it may not be but it's that constant feeling of a threat at any moment and that which you know it feeds into the title you know there is a resident evil that you must sort of be aware of at all times and it's all around you it could be anywhere coming from anywhere and the games have always been best again when they sort of throw new things at you constantly a, a, a steady pace you know uh, you think of the Resident Evil 2 thing of you know, his the zombies there are zombies more zombies than you know before and you know you've got to escape all of them and head to the safety of the police station and now there's a few more zombies oh and now here's the liquors and and it goes and it just escalates constantly you know into these mm. to the point where you're facing you know mass blobs of you know mutation and you know giant crocodiles down in the sewers it's it's an extravaganza in that regard it's not ashamed to say that you know we're a big showy mean-spirited horror series that you know we're not going to go for nuance we are here to just sort of entertain you know when mm. and excites and maybe even skate that's which is all good and well and it just that's what the modern games have sort of got back a bit. I think especially even Resident Evil 2 Remake has sort of reinvigorated that side of it, a lot of what worked then. And, you know, Resident Evil 7 got a lot back of what Resident Evil originally did in the first game in terms of having, you know, a homestead and working your way through this strange place and you don't understand what's quite going on and sort of learning more and unfurling in an almost murder mystery-esque pace, you know, it, it's, it shows off more and more disgusting things, that, you know, especially, especially in Seven, which is just, you know, thanks to the power of modern <laughs> yeah, modern technology, it's all the more disgusting now to see it. But that's it, really. It's just not ashamed of what it is. And I think that's where the series did lose its way was when it tried to be something else. Yeah, and I think also in terms of like Resident Evil 7, now it's in your face. The horrors and the, all their grotesque yeah. goriness is right in your face, which is perfect in terms of a series that really is trying to return to its roots. And I think that's why for me, and it sounds like for you, why 7 hit in a way that it felt like Resident Evil had not. Say what you will about, I'm sure plenty, plenty of people do enjoy the other more action-oriented ones like 5 and 6 and then all of the ones that came in between that. And yet... For me personally, I didn't necessarily feel like they were tapping into the horror of that series, what no. it was really known for. Um, and so that is why for me, like Seven was such a huge and welcome to surprise because it felt like a return to what I had been missing, even if it's taking on this new perspective. Mm -hmm. And um, just to return back to a moment for like you talking about what Resident Evil does so well. And for me, Resident Evil has never been one note in terms of the games, right? They've always been able to, and it's interesting that people kind of like will uh, complain about it being jump scare heavy when I've never thought of Resident Evil that way just because of how well paced it is and how much variety there is, yeah. right? Whether it's kind of dancing between a dog jumping through a window, but then you have a puzzle right after that, mm. or you have a kind of like a big story beat, or you have a big uh, combat heavy section. Um, and Resident Evil has, for me, never been one note. It's always evolved and it's always been very upfront about what it is, like you said. And I think maybe it has, when it tries to be something else other than what it kind of established with the early games, it definitely kind of loses its way. Yeah. But when it reverts back to, and I think, in getting these uh, remakes of like 
all of, I mean, basically all of the core games were, I think we're anticipating a remake of four. It really allows you to see in a whole new audience, hopefully like people that didn't play, didn't grow up with Resident Evil, they get to experience these. They get to see really what those games were, but also just to show the variety. And then of course, now moving into first person, we get to see how some of the staples are going to be coming into this new perspective. And whether you are a fan of changing to the first person or not, it's going to evolve Resident Evil using the variables from sort of the foundation of the whole franchise. And for me, that's so exciting. And that's why, like, it's revigorated my love of this series and my excitement. Like, mm. I don't get I don't get crazy excited about a lot of sort of big name franchise games that I grew up with when I hear about them now because more often, maybe it's just because I'm cynical, but... <laughs> Very much, I'm kind of like, oh, we're going to just kind of like dig up the past, polish it up, and then it's not going to necessarily propel this thing I love in a new, exciting direction. But I'm more excited about Resident Evil as a franchise now than I ever have been just because of the potential and sort of understanding this new perspective with Seven and, of course, the sales and the fervor around that and getting to see how that sort of materializes with an audience that is now like very excited for it, but also a developer that understands the best way to utilize that new perspective and how to present new and exciting and increasingly disgusting horrors for us. Yeah, that's it. And I'm glad that they're able to do that with new games while still sort of digging into the past a bit, sort of uh, keep the coffers flowing. And it's working because, you know, even when they've done it to a disappointing degree with, say, the Resident Evil 3 remake, it's still done well financially there are people that still enjoy it and like it and you know it's a nice short sharp shock of a resident evil game that yeah doesn't do what it used to do as well but Mm. it's still you know resident evil uh, under the surface of it and i think it gives them room to experiment then with uh, anything going forwards and as they said with village it will be it's going to be using a lot of what Resident Evil 4 brought to the table in terms of, you know, change of uh, location and style and probably looking more action heavy again, but hopefully with that compromise where it's you know, dread inducing too, I think, with the whole sort of vampire-esque sort of way they're going on it. From what we've seen so far is what has me really excited and that it seems as if the needle is sort of, again, finding this balance between there is going to be more action focus, but at the same time, they're going to pay that same attention to the dread and the sort of gothic world building that we explored a little bit in seven. And now fully we're seeing like castles and uh, vampires and the like. And so that's what has me really excited for the future. And I think that, again, that is such a delicate balance and it's one that could very easily, again, kind of sway into one camp more than the other. But I mean, with that new perspective, again, it's kind of, forcing them to dig into the survival horror roots and we saw with seven that they are more than capable of doing that in terms of bringing that same quality of scares and puzzles and whatnot to a new perspective and just sort of how promising that is in delivering something new that still kind of feels familiar but it propels the series or the franchise rather in a new direction that resembles what you love and yet at the same time it's going to make for new styles of gameplay it's going to make for new experiences which because, I mean, for me, I always hate when we end up having conversations about games and we're like, yeah, that that seems a lot like the last one kind of thing. Mm. And so that's what has me excited. And it speaks to just, I mean, how game development works, right? You have these kinds of 
these lulls where it seems as if we're not making any sort of forward progress. It feels like we're almost resting on the laurels yeah. of uh, past successes and whatnot. And I mean, even for the games that don't necessarily hit or they don't sort of capitalize on their true potential, they're still out there in the conversation. And you would hope, obviously, any feedback that they get on those games, negative or otherwise, like it's going to make them think about a new approach for something. And that, for me, is very exciting for a franchise that's been around for as long as it has and has taken risks. And that's the one thing that I love about whether it be games or movies is people that are willing to developers or directors willing to take risks. I personally can't stand when things become too static because I lose interest. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, well, I no longer care about this thing that I used to want. Yeah. Used to. I mean, the funny thing with that is with this uh, as a franchise for me is that it will, when it did change with Resident Evil four, I, I, that was kind of where it started to lose me for a bit just because it was such a departure. And I think also at the time it didn't help that you know it was on another console I didn't own for a whole year or so. And I don't know, the streamlined nature of it didn't click with me at the time. And it was just, you know, I could see that it was a good game. I still had good bits to it, but it wasn't what I wanted more of, I think, at that point. And, you know, I, as said with recent replays, the last few years I've warmed to it a lot more. I, I understand again why it was such a streamlined game because it was on you know hardware that couldn't handle more than that you know when it came out yeah it works the chapter setting thing worked for that one of the things they probably shouldn't have carried over for Resident Evil 5 and 6 really you know is doing that chapter based stuff because it's where Resident Evil for me again feels best is when you have that sort of all encompassing place you are in a place and you can sort of find new routes for it and then go around and down and there's not so much backtracking in Resident Evil 4 and then 5 you know 5 especially not because it is literally like you go here and then you go here and then you go here these places aren't connected there's just it's it's not the same thing to me and it just you know by the time we got to that 5 I didn't play 6 when it came out so it was at that point it's like nah this is it's just nothing like I like. And I think the movies that were coming out at the time kind of influenced that a lot as well. I think as well they they still, sure. they were rubbing off on the film the games as just as much and yeah. <laughs> so, but those <laughs> movies are a whole other thing, but <laughs> to say we could do a whole nother podcast on the movies. Oh yes, and most of it probably be spent on just ranting at, at Apocalypse, which was just the worst representation of fan service you've ever seen in your life. I think it's just. <laughs> I don't think you can be blamed though for your perception of four, though, or maybe just your feelings on four because it is so radical, right? It is such a radical departure from what had been established in the previous games. And I think that I came to four and I kind of loved it right out the gate, but my circumstances with coming to Resident Evil four were very different. I played the first three games probably within the span of a year and a half when I was a kid or something because I just was obsessed with those games. I went from two to three back to one and then played through all of them back and forth and whatnot. Come to Resident Evil 4 initially because I didn't have a GameCube, right? I was an Xbox guy. And then a couple years later when I got a PS2, oh, Resident Evil 4 had been ported to PS2 by then. So it was the first thing I picked up. And at that time, like I was very into these more action-oriented games. And so to see a franchise that I loved so much 
being brought to a style of gameplay that I was enamored with at the time. Like everybody kind of have these peaks and valleys in terms of what types of games and types of gameplay that you're kind of gravitating towards. So I was going from survival horror to RTS to action games and then getting to experience this horror vernacular of sorts that I love so much in a new gameplay method or uh, gameplay style, like that was very exciting to me. And there was just enough connections to the survival horror elements that I really loved that I was like, okay, it's not what I expected, but where I'm at right now and kind of my unique trajectory to getting there, this kind of clicks with me on all these different basis. But in terms of just thinking about how radical four is, I can understand why a lot of people are like, well, this is not, quote unquote, my Resident Evil, Mm. right? It's not puzzle focused almost at all. It's much more action focused. But I think there's enough of the sort of horror vernacular, like I'd said, surrounding the entire thing in the world. And while it kind of taps more into that 80s B-movie kind of like humor and cutesiness of like a devil may cry, I think that as a whole, it still feels Resident Evil, whereas maybe five and six very much strayed far away from kind of what appreciate about Resident Evil to the degree that those in my mind are basically like the equivalent of uh, superhero worlds or superhero storylines essentially in terms of just like everybody's got biceps the size of tree trunks (laughs) and we're punching boulders and all these things that it's just like when you look at where we started to where we're at now they're completely unrecognizable oh yeah I I recently sort of went back to back on four and five and yeah, the difference is astounding. It's, it's, you know, five is Gears of War, effectively, right. but with, yep. with a Resident Evil coat of paint. And yeah, I still to this day keep think I just imagine that whole boulder punching thing. It's just a meme that got, <laughs> that got out of hand, but it, it it's there. <laughs> it's just so there. It's, oh man, and it there's such good melodrama to it though as a game to be fair um that kind of fits with the whole resident evil thing but it mm. you know the whole wesker thing and it's the whole jill drama you know, as badly handled as it is because you know it's like oh it's jill oh we've rescued her and now that's the last you'll see of her and it's like <laughs> for the rest of the game and it's just yeah it, it's an odd one i think the co-op thing still it, it can work but yeah it can also just be a bit mm. Yeah, not quite into that. But yeah, four is as streamlined as it is compared to the previous games, especially compared to Code Veronica, which is like brutal by comparison. It's it's like that was the peak of the old style where they were like, mm. oh, you know, yeah, we know you like puzzles, we know you like getting lost for hours on end trying to figure out what you're doing. Here's that times a hundred, and and <laughs> and it's super weird now, and it's very Euro horror, and. Mm. Which, uh, again, good timing. I was into Fulci movies at that time, and perfect. It, it's Fulci-style stuff, Argento-style nonsense, I forget that game. <laughs> but yeah, five, you know, still not so bad. Six is a disaster, but five is a competent game, a good shooty game, but, yeah, it's just, it, it's so lifeless, and it wants you to care for these characters that don't mean anything, and, like, most of them you'd never see again anyway. Like Shiva has never appeared e- ever since that game. You know, it's like unfortunate, but yeah, tolerable compared to six, which is just the the worst single player Resident Evil game. I think of the mainline ones, without a shadow of a doubt. It comes back to what you were talking about though earlier, which was this idea that you're moving away from what really established this series as being 
as I mean, it coined its own phrase, survival horror, right? And the more you move away from what made you sort of get your bones to a certain extent in terms of like setting up this fantastic new universe and kind of being the inspiration for hundreds, if not thousands of other horror games or movies in these things. I mean, the more you move away from that and you're not paying homage to the reasons why you are established as being this sort of like pivotal element in the video game realm. And I think that that comes across in like trying to, for me at least, like the more you try to explain the Resident Evil narrative, the more it just becomes like nonsense gibberish for me at least in terms of like what I loved so much about the first three, especially I keep coming back to them because they were such a sort of like pivotal chunk of my uh, adolescence in terms of like getting more into games and movies and these things. There's always the whisperings that there's somebody pulling the puppet strings behind the scenes and whatnot. And you hear about Umbrella, you hear about Wesker, you hear about all these experimentations and how far does the mystery and the sort of conspiracy really go. The conspiracy angle was really something that really kind of I took to in a big way because I enjoyed that aspect of like comics and anime and whatever that I was enjoying at the time. And to see that come true in games that I was enjoying as well that was really fantastic but then the more it's like anything if the more you start to explain it it becomes more and more elaborate and it becomes more nonsense and it, you're like okay so there's no more mystery and the explanations you're giving me are getting more and more fantastical to the degree that it almost is t- starting to take itself seriously yeah that's what's so great about sort of that 80s b-movie aesthetic that you mentioned earlier is that it was aware of that and it's tapping into that and it's using it to an effective degree. It's getting you to laugh, but at the same time, it's making it this fun action experience to a certain extent, these certain moments. But then when you start to sort of like believe this nonsense and then you start to be like, we need an explanation for everything. For me, that's when I get lost in it. And that was something that I think Resident Evil 7 did really, really well, right? We're kind of starting from ground zero to a certain extent or kind of retconning certain things. But you're setting it up in this way that it's more about a mystery again. You're trying to uncover what's happening. Who's taken my girlfriend or my wife? And now there's these like weird people in this house in the middle of nowhere. That's how you approach a story that is trying to tap into what made Resident Evil so special for me. Um, and I'm just excited for them to sort of take that, hopefully, and just continue and evolve that with Resident Evil mm. Village. Yeah, definitely. They've, they've given a lot of sort of nods and winks to what could be and even the ones the past I noticed um, when you uh, playing Resident Evil 5 again you do obviously finish that game on a ship which you also do at the end of 7 and mm. it's it's weird how uh, similar some of those areas look in both and it just makes me oh yeah so did that ship was obviously another one of those ships that maybe got lost and uh, ended up there it's like oh cool little connection and but um, in terms of sort of fleshing out the story without over explaining it uh, another thing that really you know helped in those early years with Resident Evil for me was the novelizations by S.D. Perry and she did she did a lot of alien novelizations as well which is where I started reading her and they were fantastic they're, they're fantastic stuff yeah that's there's one she did that's you know, just aliens on earth and it's just it's mm. it's far better than <laughs> not hard but far better than what they did with aliens versus Predator Requiem in terms of, <laughs> in terms of having aliens on Earth. Um, but yeah, she did um, all the, the first few Resident Evil games, so you know, one, two, three, Code Veronica, um, and Zero. 
but also these other little stories in between with the same characters where they're going to other places to the Umbrella Own. And wow, yeah, they just added so much to the characters for me, you know, which, you know, in those early games, the characters are very much <laughs> one dimensional in a lot of ways because they, they, they don't really have anything behind them. It, it's very much up to you to just sort of project that. And that was, you know, I think, especially reading those books, made me appreciate Jill a lot more, you know, in those early ones, because they give her a great sort of backstory into, you know, how she's like not been at Stars long and, you know, that she's, you know, she's always late, she's a bit slobbish and she gets on well with Chris and she's like that and Barry and, and how she had this whole tragic experience of her neighbour's kids and how they were victims of the, you know, killings that were going on and how that was traumatised her so much and it's like it's really cool stuff that I think when they do when they're doing the movie I know they're probably not going to go that's uh, coming out now from uh, Johan Roberts uh, this year they seem to be going back to that earlier story stuff with the, you know, the, the murders in the Arctic Mountains and stuff and that'd be cool but it'd be cool they could add some of that sort of stuff where you know they give a bit of fleshing out of those guys and making them more relatable because yeah, they, they've not done much service to those characters outside of the games, you know, generally otherwise. I mean, as we said, then there wasn't much to go with in those early games, and even going up to like uh, Resident Evil 5 with Chris, especially, he's the protagonist for most of it, and his only real character trait is I miss Jill. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what is Jill? That's <laughs> fine. And, and that's it. And once that's resolved, it's just like, and now I'm going to kill Wesker. Yeah, mm. simple, fine, wonderful things to have in your life, but they're, they're just nothing else to him. And yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool to just have a bit more like that. And definitely not like the previous Resident Evil movies where any time any established Resident Evil canon character comes in, the Alice had to come and one-up them to, right. to show that no I am the boss of this franchise <laughs> it's like I, I especially think of Apocalypse I know one of the things I hate the movie for is they introduce Jill as being this so she's a badass and then she doesn't do much for a while and then Alice one-ups her every single time she does something and just, yeah <laughs> I mean yeah I'm always in favor of fleshing out characters more I think my faults with it were more about them just like trying to take this conspiracy super seriously. And you even get sort of inklings of that in four, right? Yeah. Like, oh, we're kidnapping the president's daughter to infect her. And then she's going to go back and start influencing what the president does and all this stuff. And I'm, I love four for the gameplay, but that's sort of where the narrative begins to lose me a little bit. I would almost compare it to, I don't know if you ever played uh, Condemned Criminal Origins. Yeah. That first game is very much the sort of like gritty street level there's some sort of conspiracy going on, but at the same time, I got to fight all these homeless people and they're trying to kill me and all this stuff. But then the game sort of like wraps on this conspiracy aspect about like including the president and there's basically like the Illuminati or something. And I was like, when the story is more small scale and focused in the now, rather than thinking about like exposing what the conspiracy is, that's when it begins to lose me a little bit. But in terms of like the characters themselves, I would love to see them, like you had said, they're mostly blank slates, especially in those early games. And in the direction we're moving now, especially with it being first person, 
For whatever reason, I just feel like there's so much opportunity to really flesh out the different protagonists within that game. Because again, if you're going to be small scale, confined to this village, and obviously you're going to explore other locations, but just much smaller. Forget about the outside world. We're in this place. What is the story that this place can tell? And how is that going to essentially like draw out the protagonist's own story and whatnot? And I think that that would be a really interesting angle to take. Um, and it's something that, again, like we're sort of, we're getting this new generation of Resident Evils and we're having this massive uh, upheaval in terms of it going from third person act, like over the top action to hopefully more sort of like refined horror with action, obvious elements in the first person. So that's something that I think um, I'm very, very optimistic about, and I'm hoping for uh, them to really run with that in the future. Yeah, there's just enough behind Ethan, who, you know, again, he's very much a blank slate in a lot of ways. You know, we know his motivation. We, you know, they made a big deal about not showing his face even when you should see it, you know, and stuff, and which just does lead to the idea that he's going to be someone we already know, but. Uh, uh, you know, who has probably lost their memory because that that would be a very Resident Evil thing to do. Absolutely. Or he's a, or he'll be a clone. You know, that, that's always right. <laughs> so, these are the things. Uh, my my money's on Leon if that's the case. Just given the village setting, it would be a perfect almost. And uh, probably why Chris acts like a bit of a dick to him. <laughs> so, <it's>, <laughs> Absolutely. That would be an instance where the movies rubbing off on the games might actually kind of work, where they're just kind of like in terms of like whether it was a clone uh, a clone scenario or not but yeah i think uh, i think you're right on the money with that that wouldn't surprise me at all but in kind of just talking so much about the sort of drastic changes over the course of the franchise's life what has been sort of a high point for you in terms of a game maybe not necessarily your favorite resident evil but what is one of the entries in the series that has always stood out to you as being sort of like one of the pillars of the resident evil franchise See, the easy answer would be to say two, because two is like one of my favorite games of all time. It's the game I'm obsessed about. I love and know so much about it. Uh, you know, that would be the easy answer. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a toss up and between remake of the first game, because, you know, at the po- that point in the industry, that wasn't really a thing. You know, remakes are all the rage these days, you know, but mm-hmm. then. You know, which you know, ironically at a time when horror movies were getting remade a lot, uh, you know, they came along and remade Resident Evil barely what was it six years after the, the it came out, and yep. same team, same all that, and they just changed it in some really fundamental ways, that just like you know adding the crimson heads, just the changing of certain aspects, and it was just it was the perfect remake of a game. You know, it it was everything you remembered but more. Has that meanness that mean streak that oppressiveness and the mansion is fascinating still and it's just it supersedes the original to me uh, to the, that point you know that's a rarity in any remake in anything that you could say this remake a hundred times a day I'd rather play this over the original I you know I don't say that with Resident Evil 2 or 3 uh, I prefer to play the originals I prefer the originals to this day you know but you know, as good as they can be, but the fir- the first one's remake is just sublime in what it does. Otherwise, the one that really sticks out to me is Resident Evil Three Nemesis, the original, because it did two things. Uh, uh, it had Nemesis. Yeah, uh, for me, I know this had been done in Clock Town. I hadn't played at that point, but having this thing chasing you constantly and not knowing where it's going to turn up. 
has just left it's a permanent scar on your trust in what the game can do to you you know and there was that side of it and like the the, the way it interconnects with Resident Evil 2 and you know, it used to be a thing for me where I'd like to try and figure out where the story gaps go and I'd play so much of Resident Evil 2 stop mm. play Resident Evil 3 stop play the you know where the gaps go you know and all that and sort of play it in order if I could because I just found it fascinating like that it was just set in the middle of all that and oh look you get how close you get to this and that and the other and it's even then it was a short sharp game you know that just got on with it it was relentlessly paced it was it felt very much it was the Terminator of the series in terms of it just it starts at 100 miles an hour and just carries on the whole way through it's a little bit more action orientated you know the Sure, it went on that way with four, but Code Veronica sort of stopped that in its tracks where it had a bit more action, but it was still felt like the older games in terms of how slow it was. But three, three was this weird, you know, hybrid of what it was and what it would be, and and it just worked. You know, I think for me that's the point where it worked, where they made action and survival horror work because of the Nemesis, especially. I think. Yeah. So yeah, those two, really outside of two, which you know, ironically that's the trilogy. You know, <laughs> they all sort of tie in nicely together in their own little way. And like I, said, I think it comes back to that whole early conspiracy and what are they doing behind the scenes? And like I said, in the novelizations, they sort of add these third parties about who are working in the shadows to sort of give people information to sort of push them to find out about Umbrella. And it just yeah, it I just ate that stuff up, and it's just never gone away no matter what I felt about the series and what certain games have done that has always been the warm fond memories that will you know long after the series is dead I'll be like I had that that relates a lot to uh, kind of my feelings as the series as a whole right it's this idea that I'm here for them trying all these different sort of gameplay additions and different directions they want to take it but at the end of the day like if they stopped making Resident Evil games I got to experience those first three and really see the sort of, not to say that the series peaked after that, but just the idea that if you wanted the sort of core experience of Resident Evil that is uh, still to this day holds up remarkably well, those three games, sort of how they tie into one another and how they build off of one another is really something special and sort of the essence of survival horror for me as well. And I think um, it was funny that you mentioned how Scarring 3 was. I think that was probably the first game I played that legitimately like terrified me in a way that I only recently had happen with um, playing Alien Isolation for the first time this year. This idea that there's this threat that's going to show up at any time and anywhere potentially, and you have weapons and a means of defense, but this is the one thing that you're not going to be able to kill right now at this specific juncture when it shows up. And that is legitimately terrifying. Obviously, I enjoyed the original Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2, and I loved them for being horror games and again, having tapping into the sort of cinematic nature of the types of movies I was watching at the time. But I don't know, I necessarily ever felt scared playing them. But the first time that Nemesis shows up out of nowhere and just knowing that it could crush me like, an, like a bug at any moment, I mean, that was legitimately terrifying that there was no sort of like indication it, was, it just shows up. Yeah. And then how am I going to react in this moment? And that is the essence of horror in a way that as phenomenal as the first two games are 
For me, they didn't necessarily do that. And that is what was so exciting for me at the time when you're going from playing one and two and then playing three and being like, oh, okay, we're evolving the types of emotions that this game is able to sort of evoke from me and that feeling of fear that you hear people talk about all the time, right? But it's like, how often is it a genuine emotion that you're feeling rather than sort of just trying to convey to somebody, oh, this might make you feel a way. Yeah, it's... It's the slasher game, if you will. As much as it's the Terminator game, it is you know, the relentless force coming after you. And again, at that time, you know, Terminator is like formative in so many ways for me because you know, it's that one of my first memories of a film is seeing the T-800 rising out of the flames after they thought they killed it. Like that, and that has just stayed with me all these years. And Nemesis really just has that vibe you know that sort of it's not going to stop it's going to keep coming and it's literally in the game you know you think you're taking him down time and again and then he comes back and back and back and it's like you feel such satisfaction to finally kill it I really appreciate it about in Resident Evil 4 in terms of while it didn't have that sort of persisting enemy I just really appreciated this idea that there are these types of boss. There's so many bosses in Resident Evil 4 that Mm. I love so much and the various creature design and whatnot. But time and time again, you're fighting something and you think you've killed it. And then, oh, no, that's one stage. And that sort of tapped into time. I was playing like a lot of role playing games where you'd fight a boss and they'd have multiple stages or multiple tiers to see that come across. Not in like whatever, some type of. Uh, demon in a role-playing game, but in this, well, I guess the creatures in Resident Evil 4 are very demon-like, but just seeing these kind of, like, horrific amalgamations of, like, meat and body horror nightmares that, oh, you've, you're gonna fight this tall guy that's got these, uh, like, tentacles coming out of his back, all of a sudden you've blown him in half, and now he is this sort of, like, centipede man yeah. or something. I mean, it was just, it was that sort of terrifying, grotesque creature design, and then seeing it taken one step further that's even more terrifying to a degree that, I mean, while I don't think Resident Evil 4 obviously is as intense as the nemesis and it chasing you and showing up out of nowhere, that sort of unable to predict the next form a foe will take is very terrifying to me. And that's sort of, after all these years of not playing Resident Evil 4 and getting to replay it, that sort of body horror centric nature of that game really taps into sort of like my fear of the unknown in a lot of ways. This idea that like, just because you see something as it is now that might not be its final form and again even if it's more action oriented you get more ammo the likelihood of you surviving is uh, a little more certain the unknown still i find was very refreshing in coming to resident evil 4 and seeing how much it changed from the previous games that for me was very refreshing and that's something that i think really holds up well in a way that i don't know all of the other resident evil games necessarily do hmm. yeah i think the invasive nature of the virus in that game uh, yeah, with the last mm. Plagas you know, it is literally something being shoved into you rather than you know, so, you know, being bitten or dying or whatever it's, you're still alive and that very much speaks more to the you know, traditional zombie idea you know, that you're not, you're not dead, you're just in a trance-like state being made to do stuff by someone else and in that regard it, it's a truer zombie game for what it does but uh, as much as it isn't like traditional Resident Evil it is that 
a, a better zombie game in that regard, in terms of truing, true to the nature of what that is. Which, yeah, that is the thing I've always liked about it you know, a lot, is that it does that. Something that the game doesn't get enough credit for, of course, some people are just not going to jive with that third-person perspective change. Hmm. I was really surprised how well the sort of just horror aesthetic that plays out within the setting, how well that sort of has held up in a way that I find is doesn't get enough credit because I feel that, especially like in thinking about 5, that game for me in my memory is just sort of like the same bland environment, sort of like above ground or below ground. Whereas in Resident Evil 4, the entire architecture of that world changes and the enemies match that in a way that I find feels very organic, right? You begin in sort of like the outskirts in the village. You've got these simple farmers. Then we move inwards to sort of getting closer to the cult where you end up in the castle. And then you see the cultists that now they have shields that wear in robes. They start chanting whatever kind of yeah. uh, sermons they're giving to themselves. And just seeing that evolve, evolve, evolve to the degree that you end up with um, those creatures, those like regenerating creatures and whatnot. And they end up in the labs and seeing how this is tying into a larger conspiracy again. Like that whole attention to world building really stands out to me as feeling very organic and just sort of like being in touch with the original Resident Evils in a way that I don't think 5 and 6 did because I mean when you start in the original Resident Evil you, obviously you're in this mansion but then the more you explore it the more you realize okay there's actually something beneath the surface yeah. and getting to explore that and just kind of the very natural discovery process of that and then seeing how the world essentially of that game changes I think Resident Evil 4 obviously doesn't probably do it to the same degree, but there's still sort of the DNA of that yeah. throughout the entire game for me. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. In terms of just like our hopes for the future, and I mean, I'm really looking forward to hearing more and more announcements for Resident Evil 8 Village and whatnot, and just seeing and hoping that they kind of find that perfect balance between action and horror. And it seems like there's going to be a little more emphasis on action, but... I mean, the things that I love about 4, and I keep coming back to that because I just revisited it, but like that attention to that world building and that environment building and letting you explore these places, whether it be some of the like exterior shots that we've seen where you're walking around snowy, uh, almost Bloodborne-esque graveyards, yeah. and then making your way into these like gothic cathedrals and whatnot and seeing these people that seem like they're reflective of this world we're exploring, all the sort of like main vampires or witches that we've seen so far it seems like they are from that period rather than kind of one of my big faults with seven was you kind of just keep fighting these same goopy monsters mm. in a basement and it was one of those things where i wanted more of an organic sort of enemy palette as it were yeah other than the family of course yeah that's it and it, i think it will be good for it in, in terms of what i think the maiden demo that they had on ps5 for um village really does showcase what that could be going for i mean it, it's a demo in which you have no defense you're literally just creeping around experiencing you know what is a very very uh, spencer mansion-esque place and yeah it just has that you know dracula-esque vibe to it where it, it just and, that, and that's just like a great thing yeah, to me, you know, if you're going to take it in different directions, like they did with Seven, taking it into that or Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw style, you know, feel they're clearly jumping again now to have a more traditional classic horror uh, vibe of, you know, werewolves and vampires and folklore and fairy tales and making that a thing, whilst again, 
grounding it in this science of someone's obviously doing this to people. You know, there's an air of Code Veronica about it in having these weirdo people hold up in this place, you know, the way they uh, talk of Lady Dimitrescu, uh, the main head vampire, you know, that, you know, she bathes in milk and has, gives her an awful stench to her and she's, you know, basically based on uh, Bathory and all these things. It's like, that's what you want to hear, you know, that just something that really ties into traditional horror things because that, again, it, it's where it works the best for that series. Yeah, and I mean, those little details really do make something that sounds super weird, but it's still familiar to a certain extent. And I think that in creating a world that draws from a lot of places that we're sort of familiar with, like you described like Resident Evil 7 as being more kind of like Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's the vibe that felt so fresh for the series and kind of the way they ran with that, Mm. I loved. And to see them maybe tap into more kind of like Dracula, Wolfman type things for Village... Like that has all the potential in the world for me. And it just shows that just because you change up the perspective, people shouldn't probably look down on that or be super adverse to that because it's not just a perspective change, right? We're not getting Resident Evil 1 in first person, right? We're getting this thing that feels familiar to the franchise we all love. And yet we're evolving on it again. Like I keep coming back to this, this idea that it's ever evolving while never feeling foreign to the elements that we love so much. And I mean, again, like, it makes me so excited for the future for Resident Evil Village just to see what they're able to do with that and it has mm-hmm. all this potential And yeah it's key to any good Resident Evil that understands what Resident Evil is and this is you know I can't profess this is something I've always known because otherwise I wouldn't have felt the way I did about before but mm-hmm. it is literally Resident Evil you are going to a place where this evil is you know and confronting it you know whether you want to or not you know one, it's the mansion. Two, it's the city you've just arrived in. Three, it's the city you're trying to escape. Code Veronica, it's you know, this island of weirdo inbred nutters. And, you know, it goes on and on. Seven is, you know, the evil presence has, you know, corrupted everything in that ha- in the Baker household. And, mm. you know, it, uh, the other thing that makes that game very much like is... Uh, it's Federer Alvarez's version of Evil Dead. It has that. It has a lot of that to it as well. And I think, yeah, Village again. You are going to a place that is inherently evil. You know, there's something very sinister, very awful going on here, and you are forced into it. You know, no one ever chooses to have to go to these places. They need to go there for a reason, or that they get stuck there by happenstance. You know, and that's the Resident Evil setup that works. And it's, yeah, not surprising that the two games that drift furthest from that uh, are the ones that disappoint most fans, you know, I think in five and six. Something that you had mentioned earlier, kind of like how the characters in the original games were sort of this blank slate. I think it's important to recognize that when you're creating these new worlds with this, that come with this new perspective and whatnot, and that giving more of a backstory and a life to these people before they were the Resident Evil, right? I think that that is equally as important, and that's an element that I really hope that they lean into even harder than they did in Resident Evil 7. That was one thing, I mean, you mentioning like um, Alvarez's uh, Evil Dead. I mean, I love this idea that we kind of dug into this scuzzy backwoods place mm-hmm. and getting to learn more about the people that reside there. And again, it's it seems like it's a uh, it's the kind of like overhyped phrase of being character-driven. 
but I feel that maybe I'm alone in feeling this way, but I feel like first person, if you're going to be in there, literally in their shoes and you're going to be doing these face-to-face interactions, there's so much potential for developing those characters and really making them feel like people to the point where when it comes time to gun them down in a boss fight, maybe you get a little kind of like inkling of just like, oh man, I think knowing their history, like maybe they didn't necessarily want this to get to this point but they have been corrupted by something and now this is why they're doing these things. So Mm. that's an element that I really am looking forward to and seeing how they kind of develop and run with. Absolutely. I think just the advances of technology as well will will just help. I think the PS5 has a great skill set of things to make Resident Evil and the horror in general so much better. You know, it can bring ray tracing more readily in there and that you know for horror that's a big thing to do you know just to have proper lighting and things it will, could make all the difference and i think you know I'm, it doesn't seem like village will have it but the, i think it's rumored that the remake of four might have vr i think with a new vr system they'll set up which will have the haptic feedback and all the tricks and tools of the ps5 controller and i think that that could be just like woof because you know I any time I hear anyone talk about uh, Half Life Alex the uh, PC VR game they, they talk about a section in there that is just pure horror and it's made so immersive by what you can do in that game because it's so tactile and so you feel so much in that world I was just thinking a whole game of that kind of thing would just be woof amazing you know it'd be uh, I think we're going to get there I think VR horror will be a big thing and Resident Evil could really be the thing that pushes it over the edge uh, 7 did a decent job but you know, it's still you know, it's on one format one place and not every you know, I think barely 3 million people out of you know, 100 odd million people who bought PS4 ever got VR so you know, it's it's still and you know how many of those got played in VR so it's got a shot in the future especially if they make it more accessible I think that will be the big thing. And if there was a franchise to do it, it seems to me that it would be Resident Evil, right? Mm. We've seen all of these different sort of their willingness to deviate from the expectations and sort of like the precedent that they've set. And so it stands to reason that they would do something like that. And I think that it would be fantastic for them to maybe take baby steps, right? You Mm. don't kind of want to jump into the deep end on anything. Resident Evil 7 was a good uh, introduction, it sounds like, but maybe getting something along the lines of like what comes to mind at least for me is they did that Batman VR game yeah. which was like very basic and it, but it was able to establish that you are this person and, and focusing on the tactile and exploring this world and seeing them maybe take baby steps with something like that and then further implementing and learning from that putting it into a complete VR centric game that's got uh, combat and all these things I mean I think there's the fear I would assume from developers and investors and things like that is, is that well, if we're going to develop this and base it on technology everybody doesn't have, and then if it's not an absolute grand slam like Half-Life Alex, I think, even though maybe not a, a lot of gamers are able to access it, it's a critical success. Hmm. Um, it's a financial success at the same time. It stands to reason we'll get another one of those, or we'll see another evolution of that in some way. And so to see Resident Evil do that, I think would be fantastic. And you just got me excited about something I hadn't even thought was going to be uh, oh. in the near future. So I'm, I'm yeah, for I mean. The potential, you know? I mean, if you ever get the chance with Seven, it, it's just, it changes that environment so much. Mm. You know, because you are standing, really feel like you are standing in 
that place, you know, in that Baker household, and what is already a very oppressive and nervy place, it brings it all back again. You know, even if you've gone for it several times over, it's now very much like, well, now I feel vulnerable because you know you're in first person and you don't know what's there, you don't know what's there, and yeah, you know, VR can be very effective with that, especially with the use of good sound, which you know, Resident Evil Seven is perfect with that. You know, could not imagine playing that sequence in. Uh when you're walking down the stairs and then you see your girlfriend climbing well, up the uh, stairs yeah. on all fours in VR. <laughs> I'm getting chills just thinking about the potential of experiencing that. Jesus. Yeah. It's like even stuff you know where stuff's going to come and it's just like, it just makes, it's like, you know the thing of like when you're younger we're going downstairs in the dark at night because you hear something like that and you can't quite see stuff. It's that feeling down to a T and it's like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, it, it leaves an impression, let's say that. Kind of just in closing out, are there any last sort of uh, bits about sort of just what Resident Evil means to you that I sort of skipped over? I've kind of talked at length about uh, it's just how much I appreciate the franchise for its willingness to evolve and to kind of just change the game, as it were, uh, in terms of like what you expect out of that while still having drawing from that sort of horror vernacular and that horror texture that they spent all those years sort of developing yeah I, just mainly i'm just so glad that it it had that chance to come back i think the irony of it being you know it's like if it had shifted to what it was it was six you know, and been a financial failure we probably wouldn't have seen it again you know like that i think the fact that while Six was financially successful. I mean, it's like one of the most successful games in the entire series in terms of money. But they obviously realised they were, you know, fans weren't digging it, and they were seeing. And this is the key thing with that franchise: is they were seeing indie horror games were coming up and doing all these things and proving that, you know, because it was a very there were misguided things out there for big companies during that era of games, where they were saying horror doesn't sell. Horror games don't sell. We don't, we, you, you can't do anything with that. And hence why so many games sort of deviated and got worse and pushed further away from horror. And yeah, it, it took indie games to sort of get to that point where they were showing, you know, that and the emergence of YouTube and Twitch, you know, for, for you know, reaction videos and jump scare stuff. It was a goldmine because it provided Capcom with a safe way to sort of bring back what Resident Evil was and, you know, and they made the most of the assets as well you know because they used stuff from 7 to make remake uh, 2 and 3 so they, they got a fair chunk out of that and they, they see that it works I, my main concern is probably that I hope they don't go too far with it 3 did sort of have that warning sign that maybe they don't always know quite what they should be doing with it but mm. we shall see but like I said I'm just it's made me love the series again for the last few years because mm. before that it was a bunch of very bad films and two games that were just I could not get on with at all and was, yeah it it was too much I think outside of what Revelations which I really enjoyed I, I just really didn't care and then the, the online games came along and they were just oh, yeah just it, you know, Operation Raccoon City came and, you know, as a what if to Resident Evil 2 in terms of plot, sure, okay, that's good, cool, but it's just, no. As a game, it was a mess and it just didn't make 
I, I see people who like it. There are people that like it, and I think they like it in the same way there are people that like aliens, colonial marines. Is that <laughs> because you can play with other people, it's enjoyable somehow, and I think that's why people like Five because you can play with someone, it's enjoyable. But yeah, that doesn't take away from the core of it, which is like, yeah, you can always have fun with people in a game that has multiplayer because, yeah, especially co op, even mm. if it's bad, but then you know. Umbrella Corps came along and that was that almost felt like that was it I, that to me with Resident Evil I was like I keep hoping and hoping that it's going to come back to somewhat what I wanted and then stuff like mm. Umbrella Corps came out which is like it was Call of Duty-esque Counter-Strike-esque stuff in the Resident Evil universe with barely any feeling of anything Resident Evil and it was just like the furthest away you could get and at that point I just thought there's no chance this franchise is going to be dead they're just not going to care anymore. And I don't know, luck has it. They, they've, everything sort of worked out nicely and they, they came back and we're in a nice, healthy place again where we're not talking about Resident Evil's 25th anniversary in the same way that we are, say, Tomb Raider's 25th anniversary where it came back, did all right, faded off a bit. It's nice. We, we can you know, have a nice clap for the series for doing so well and being 25 years old. But yeah, I mean, say with Quake, you could say, which will be 25 this year as well you know was important isn't anymore Silent Hill right. you know Silent Hill 2 is like what, 20 this year We could, that's important wonderful but that's that's the big thing that game's that old nothing's really touched it since you know and the series is still we're still waiting and waiting for that Resident Evil moment where it gets to right. come back and have its big day in the sun but yeah in so many franchises out there that I you know, have fallen by the wayside over the years and they make me sad in that regard you know Metal Gear knowing we'll probably never get another Kojima Metal Gear you know as much as people may have been sick of it or wanted him to end it maybe he did it, it makes me sad to know that we won't ever get that again but knowing that we'll still get Resident Evil as Resident Evil should be you know the, the very source of it, it is always a comfort I totally agree with you in just terms of like getting to see this franchise that we loved for so long and then kind of went through this phase where it would it barely resembled what we loved about it and then to get to see it have its moment in the sun right you get to see this resurgence and how rare that is and really like we're able to appreciate that in a way that i think a lot of people that are fans of different franchises are holding their breath waiting for their franchise of choice to have that moment like silent hill is a great example of that and I think that Resident Evil's success and the resurgence of that, you would hope some of that success and that buzz and whatnot trickles down to other franchises, right? Other franchises and showing whether it be, like, I don't know, investors that are holding things up or whatnot or people that just, they're not um, feeling especially sort of taken with a specific franchise and giving it that second shot. Maybe Resident Evil having it this new heyday, maybe that will encourage some people and be like, hey, maybe we should give this storied franchise as second chance at kind of regaining its uh, prominence that it once had but yeah I totally agree yeah I think as much as Silent Hill's got away as its rival now uh, in terms of like a counterpoint to this you know Resident Evil is this big brash mean and nasty you know horror series survival horror series and then you had the psychological horror series in the same mould I think Frictional Games' uh, output is pretty much that for the one nearer. I mean, they're the reason Resident Evil came back like it did. Because you know, if Amnesia the Dark Descent wasn't what it was and didn't blow up like it did, 
of you know uh, YouTubers and such, Red and Evil Seven wouldn't have been not like it would. I think we would have seen the continuation of the six going into the future and that franchise dying a death uh, quietly. And it's you know I think last year with Amnesia Rebirth they proved that they're still masters of the psychological horror that complements. You know they show that first person horror can be done more than one way you know it doesn't have to be the resident evil way it doesn't have to be their way it can be either way but you can do all sorts of things with this i think in the last 10 years since they really kicked that off the whole first person helpless horror if you will um so many have tried and failed and the ones that have adapted cleverly are the ones that are surviving resident evil is one of them and that, you know, frictional have continued that themselves with stuff like soma and and Reba. so healthy is a healthy place to be and resident evil always again will do well when there's something else out there in the horror space that's rivaling it and competing and showing that something else bringing something different to the table for people who don't want that kind of horror game yeah, I mean, competition is key, right? Mm. This idea that you you are only as good as your ability to have competition and people that are doing things in the same space, but doing it differently. And even if you're not going to try to replicate what they're doing, you still need to be cognizant of the fact that like, oh, there are these people in this space that are pushing things in. It might be a different direction, but they're still, they're still willing to evolve on something that is their own. Yeah. And I think that that's why like the whole argument about like, I don't know, like, gamers taking sides on things and wanting some things to fail and other things to succeed it's like well when everybody succeeds we all win mm. to a certain extent right? yeah, if some it, they're going to have competition exactly totally and it's one of those things where I want everything to succeed because now if Resident Evil is succeeding then potentially that'll uh, put the flame under some people's asses to get Silent Hill off the ground potentially or something to that yeah. extent but yeah I mean one of us succeeding is everybody succeeding to a certain extent that's it and especially in the horror genre it's like which you know as I said had that point in games where they were like no nobody wants it we don't do it anymore and it took people outside of that AAA space to sort of push the point home that actually people do they just don't want to be force fed the same things over and over again absolutely I couldn't have uh, said it better myself but this was a pleasure, Neil. I, uh, I appreciated getting to chat about Resident Evil, something that I haven't gotten to do in quite some time and kind of going down memory lane and then talking about some of the titles that really stand out to us all these years later and getting to think about how the new found success of the franchise and whatnot and getting this new heyday and how excited that makes us for the future and seeing how they're able to evolve on that in a way that makes this storied franchise exciting and feel fresh again and feel unexpected, something that... I don't know how many game franchises can say that after if they've been around nearly as long as uh, Resident Evil. Yeah, especially for you know, an adult series. You know, you think of most series that lasted that long. You know, they, they are more family orientated. You know, Mario is just a great example of that. But yeah, for a series like this to remain relevant after all this time and you know have had this moment where it could have gone the other way, it's yeah, good understanding. I think it's just also because horror has its ups and downs in terms of public perception and it's an up point at the minute and that's really helped it and we hope that that up point stays going for yeah. a nice long while oh yeah the world's terrible so horrors you do best <laughs> when that happens <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i look forward to uh to keeping the conversation about horror and games going with you in the future man this was a blast yeah, absolutely